Well, thank you so much for joining us today to honor, remember, and celebrate the life of Erling Green, who was granny to me and to so many of you. My name is Dewey Doval, and I will be the minister presiding over the proceedings of today's service. And I had the incredible privilege of being the grandson of this incredible woman for the past 27 years. So let me open this up with a word of prayer as we just kick off this time of remembrance and celebration of her life. And uh, then we'll turn our attention to reading Granny's obituary together. So let's pray, and uh, we'll begin our time together. Lord God, we know from your word that it is good and appropriate to mourn the death of our loved ones. But Father, I thank you that for those who are in Christ, our mourning is not without hope. As we gather here today to honor and remember the life of Erling Green, my granny, help us, help us, God, not to lose sight of the fact that her soul has been entrusted to a God who will always do what is right and good. And we thank you for the life that you blessed her with. We thank you for the impact that you allowed her to make on each of us. And although we would have loved to have spent many more years with her, we we do thank you, Father, for giving us the privilege of being a part of her life at various points over the past eight decades that you gave to her. So, Father, would you help us to keep these thoughts at the forefront of our minds during our time together today, and even over the days ahead as we grieve the death of this incredible woman that we knew and loved so dearly. And God, even so, you, you've promised in Scripture that you are the God of all comfort, so we ask even now that you would begin the process of healing our hearts, binding up our wounds, and allowing us to draw near to you as you have even promised to draw near to us in doing so. We commit this time to you, Father, praying in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Dorothy Erlene Anderson Green, age 82, of Lake Kickapoo, Texas, passed away December 20th, 2022, in a Wichita Falls hospital after a short illness. Services will be held at 10 o'clock a.m. Friday, December 23rd, 2022, at Boxwell Brothers Chapel in her hometown of Perryton, Texas. Interment will follow in Tree Cemetery. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, Erlene was born on December 19, 1940, in Dalhart, Texas, to the late Wilburn Andy Anderson and Opal Aldine Burgess Anderson. She and Robert M. Green were married August 14, 1960, in Perryton, Texas. Erlene retired from school teaching in the 70s when she and her husband Bob owned and managed funeral homes in western Kansas and southwest Oklahoma for nearly 30 years. Survivors include her husband, Bob of Lake Kickapoo, Texas, daughters, Robin Green and her wife, Janie of Fort Worth, Texas, Tanda Doval and her husband, Mark of Aurora, Texas, two grandsons, Dewey Doval and wife, Belle of Wichita, Kansas, and Bailey Doval of College Station, Texas, great-granddaughter, Isabel of Wichita, Kansas, and a niece, Starla Allen, and husband, Joby of Stinnett, Texas. She was also preceded in death by her brother, Wilburn Ray Andy Anderson, and his wife, Dana, of Borger, Texas, and a nephew, Andy Ray Anderson of Las Vegas, Nevada. In lieu of flowers, the family requests memorials to the American Cancer Society.
Well, it's a tremendous honor to be here with you this morning, to have the opportunity to stand before you today and to preach this funeral sermon for my granny. And although I didn't become a Christian until I was a senior in high school, granny seemed to always think that I would have a future in pastoral ministry. Um, some of you may be aware of this story. Back when Granny and Popeye lived in their funeral home in Syracuse, Kansas, Granny said I would have a tendency to walk by all the caskets and insist that we stop and pray for each of the people who had passed away. So, um, you know, sometimes this could take upwards of an hour or so, just, just praying for whoever it was in the casket. I think maybe a few times there may not have even been anybody in the caskets. But, um, Granny, Granny always held on to that memory and would remind me of that as I pursued pastoral ministry. And here I am today now, um, all these years later, a minister of the gospel. And to be here today to, to deliver this sermon, it's just, just such a, an honor. It's a privilege, one of the greatest that I've ever known in my life as a Christian and in my time as a pastor. Over the past 27 years, there are a few women and a few people at that, uh, at that that I've loved as much and I've treasured as much as this wonderful woman. For me, for my wife, for my brother, and even for baby Izzy, this incredible woman was our granny. She was our grandmother, great-grandmother in Izzy's case. For those of us who knew her best, it goes without saying that granny was an irreplaceable woman. She truly was one of the most special people that I've ever known. Granny had the biggest heart for all people. She always sought to make sure that everybody in her life knew that they could count on her. So I was thinking about this leading up to the service. If there was a life verse for Granny, it would be 1 Peter 4.8. And if you have a service folder, I've been corrected that it's called a service folder. Um, you'll notice it included there right on the inside page, 1 Peter 4.8. Above all, the text says, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. If, if, if that wasn't Erling Green, I don't know what was. Granny was somebody who always sought to love those who she encountered in this life. Whether you were a complete stranger to her, whether you had known her for 50 years or longer, Granny was going to do everything in her power to love you, have a positive relationship with you. Even if that love sometimes was tough, uh, she always <coughs> expressed love for those in her life. Granny also had a knack for telling very detailed stories. I especially loved having her tell the same stories over and over again because those details would change and be embellished and Granny always seemed to be the hero of the story and, and Popeye, of course, the, the villain or, or the bonehead depending on, on what was taking place. Uh, some of my fondest memories as a grandson and as a child were just sharing laughs with her, listening to those stories, watching the Dallas Cowboys or sporting events on TV um, enjoying a family game of dominoes. And Granny, that was the one thing we could always count on her not being good at. She's good at a lot of things. <laughs> she very rarely won a game of dominoes. And those of you in the Doval household, you know that to be true. Um, she somehow had terrible luck with dominoes. But in any case, um, Granny was a special woman. But perhaps my favorite quality about this, this woman, this grandmother, was that I could always be myself around her. She was authentic. Uh, there was never a time in my life in which I questioned her support of me. And even when we didn't see eye to eye about something, and for those of you who knew her well, she always has an opinion. She would always feel free to share with you if she agreed or disagreed with you. Um, even in those moments, when we would sometimes even argue about stuff, I knew she still loved me. 
I, I knew that we were still going to be okay. And that's a quality and that's a trait that so few people have today. To, to be able to love somebody even when you don't see eye to eye. To be able to be reconciled to somebody even if you have a breach in the relationship. That quality of granny was probably the biggest comfort for me that I was able to enjoy for all of the years that we had together. So in many ways, it's hard to believe we're even here today. I spoke with Granny over the phone about one week ago to the day, I think it was Thursday or Friday of last week, and she seemed perfectly healthy. According to my mom, Granny had made plans to drive to Dallas this week to celebrate her birthday, and they were going to have a big Christmas celebration, and the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex was likely going to see Robin and Janie as well. I spoke to Popeye about setting up a time for her to come visit us in our new place in Wichita, Kansas, after the new year, Granny had all these plans, and we were so excited for the, the months and years that we had together, but for reasons known only to God, truly for reasons known only to God. December 20th, 2022 was the last day that he saw fit for her to be with us on this earth. It was on that day when Granny experienced what each of us will have to experience if Jesus Christ doesn't return beforehand. You see, assuming that Jesus does not return first before our earthly death, we're going to experience exactly what Granny experienced. We're going to go through exactly what she went through, and our family will go exactly through what we're going through today, mourning and grieving our death. And in some cases, like Granny, we may seem perfectly healthy the moment leading to our untimely death, but nevertheless, death comes like a thief in the night. It comes unexpectedly. We'll have Plans, hopes, and dreams for the future in some cases, and yet in the blink of an eye, we'll pass from this temporal life and enter into the realm of eternity. <clears throat> My friends, life is fleeting. None of us are promised tomorrow. <clears throat> One of the key passages in the Bible that speaks to this truth, and I really think it gets to the heart of our time together today, is found in the book of James. And the song that we'll be singing um, well, I guess some of you may be singing, I'll just be listening because I don't have a choir voice, but the, the song that will be played, at least, after, um, after this message, we're really going to get to the heart of this text. James 4, verses 13 through 15, it, it really expresses the brevity and the fragility and the temporality of human life. I want to read that passage to you and make a few comments on it. I think you would agree that it really applies to what we saw with Granny's quick and untimely death just a few days ago. James writes in those verses, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. We'll spend a year there. We'll engage in business and make a profit. Yet, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. If I could summarize the main message in those three verses of the New Testament, it would be that there is no room for presumption in this life. While Scripture calls us elsewhere throughout the Old and New Testaments to, to make plans and to be a good steward of this life, we must always live under the overarching umbrella of this sobering reality. We do not know what our life will be like tomorrow. Our attitudes about the future should be marked by an awareness that we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We're not promised tomorrow. We are like a vapor. According to James, based on what he writes in these verses, 
We must strive to be those that the course of our life, we must strive to be those who humbly bow before our Creator and recognize that we can't do anything apart from His permission. Since each of us have been created in His image, the image of God, our mindset must be marked by the acknowledgement that all of our days, all the steps that we take, and all of our plans, they ultimately rest in His hands. Only if the Lord wills, that should be the refrain of our lives when we contemplate our future dreams and our goals and our aspirations. And this is a distinctively biblical and Christian approach to understanding our relationship to the unknown. And for those of you who are grieving and, and mourning, as we should do in a fallen and sin-cursed world, my, my hope and prayer for you would be that after today, you would know that there is a good and gracious God who holds every detail of your life in His hands. Just like Granny, your days are numbered. He has a plan and a purpose for you. But at the end of the day, only if the Lord wills. That must be our mindset. That must be our refrain in this life. You know, when there's an untimely death in the family, it's natural that you begin to ask yourself questions and have thoughts about what would my loved one say in this moment? What would they say in light of their death, in light of seeing me grieve the way that I am at this moment. And I did a lot of thinking leading up to putting together this message. And if I had to guess, just thinking about what the Bible teaches about life and death and eternity, and then of course Granny entering into the eternal realm uh, after passing away, I, I think that her comments, if, I, if this is just pure speculation, but based on the Word of God, I think her comments that she would give to us to, to comfort us and to also counsel us, would be consistent with what we find written in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 27 and 28. Listen to what the writer says in those verses. And I think really it's going to, it's going to resonate well with this thought of our life in light of eternity. Listen to how the writer mentions that truth. He says, inasmuch, verse 27, inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, And after this comes judgment, so Jesus Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. My friends, at the moment of Granny's death, heaven and hell, Jesus Christ's reign over the universe, those truths that the Bible talks about were made all the more real to her. As one who has passed away, Granny has come to an experiential realization of those verses we just read in the book of Hebrews and, of course, what we also referenced back in James 4. So what would Granny tell us in light of these verses? Well, I, I can imagine it would be something along these lines. Life is precious but fleeting. Death is real and can even be unexpected. All people will have to stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ and give an account for their lives on this earth. Therefore, be sure to make yourselves right with God while you have the chance to do so. And I think as we continue our time of mourning and grieving, in light of that counsel, insofar that's what Granny would say, and I think biblically speaking, it would be something along those lines. I want to offer you one final word of comfort. Granny, if Granny's counsel would be to get right with God on the basis of Scripture, A good text to go to, to to help us kind of think through how that can be done. It's found in 2 Timothy 1.10. The Apostle Paul wrote this this text in the mid-60s, literally right before his death. So this is actually dying words given to one of his 
proteges in the faith, and of course we as, as those who read the Bible all these years later can draw many valuable truths from his counsel. He says this in 2 Timothy 1.10, though. Listen to these words. He says that the saving grace of God has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Here's my comfort to you, friends, family members, wherever you are in your relationship with God, whatever baggage you brought in here today, however old or young you may be, my counsel from Scripture would be this. Granny's counsel, I would, I would believe, based on the testimony of God's Word, would be this. Although each of us are going to experience earthly death, barring the return of Christ beforehand, we don't have to live in terror or without hope in light of our death in the future. Even though we all will have to stand before the judgment seat of Jesus, we don't have to dread that day. You don't have to be overcome with, with the burden and the terrors and the fear of what you will say or what you will do when your death comes and you leave this temporal life and enter into the realm of eternity. As we just read from 2 Timothy 1.10, he, he said the gospel, Paul, the end of his life, reflecting on all the, the years of ministry God gave him after he spent the, the first several years of his young adult life persecuting Christians and, and, and being a terrible person, a checkered past. The chief of sinners, he would say in one of his other letters. He says that the gospel of Jesus Christ enables sinful people, people who have broken God's law, people like you and me who make mistakes every single day. He says the gospel allows us to be the recipients of God's forgiveness and to be heirs of eternal life in his kingdom. What is the gospel? If this gospel allows us to be right with God, if this gospel allows us to be reconciled to God, if it sets us free from our, from our shame and our fear and our, our sin, what is it? Well, the gospel is this. It means good news. The gospel is the good news that, that God himself gives himself in the person of Jesus Christ to save sinners like you and me from the, the judgment that we deserve for our sins committed against him. It's the good news that the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin. He took on flesh and he lived a perfect life without sin. And this, this God-man, 100% God, 100% man, and one person, Jesus Christ, the gospel proclaims that he died on a Roman cross, that he bore God's wrath in the place of every sinner who would ever believe so that they could be forgiven by God and enjoy nothing but his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, and his love in his presence forever and ever. You see, in, in Christ's death, for every person who would ever believe, Jesus was treated on the cross as if he lived your life of sin, my life of sin. And then through faith in Christ, God's justice for our iniquity satisfied. It's paid in full. So God treated Christ as if he lived our lives, and then he treats us, my friends, as if we lived his perfect life as if we perfectly obeyed God and thought we're indeed. And after his death, the gospel continues in, in, its, in its message and its testimony that Jesus, after he satisfied God's judgment for the sin of his people, of believers, he was buried and raised from the dead three days later, and in doing so, he fulfilled every prophecy recorded about him in the Old Testament, and he vindicated, he proved that he was everything that God said that he would be to allow you and me to have eternal life, to not have to fear sin and death 
and eternity. And Jesus, after being resurrected from the dead, he appeared to more than 500 first century witnesses. He, he was uh, ascended into heaven 40 days after doing so. And right now, even now, my friends, he's at the right hand of God. And if you're a Christian today, the Bible says he is at the right hand of God making intercession for you. He holds your life in the palm of his hand. He knows every detail that you'll ever experience. And Romans 8.28 says he's working all of it out for your eternal good and for God's glory. So my friends, my, my appeal to you in light of our time today of, of mourning and grieving, we think about life and death and the temporality and brevity and fragility of our existence on this earth. We just ask you, do you, wherever you are, whoever you are, however old you are, doesn't matter your past, Right now, in this moment, do you want to know that your sins have been forgiven by your Holy Creator? Do you want to live the rest of your life in the, the freedom and the joy that comes exclusively through a saving relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you want to enjoy victory over sin and death? If you're there today, if that's you, listen to the words of Jesus from John chapter 6, verses 37 to 40. I leave you with these words of promise. He says, all that the Father gives to me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that of all he's given me, I will lose nothing, but I will raise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds me and believes in me will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. So as we prepare to draw this time of, of, of our funeral service to a conclusion, and as we spend the rest of our day together as friends and family members, my plea, my appeal on behalf of Granny and on behalf of the Word of God is simply this. Do not leave this place until you have absolute confidence that your eternal, your eternal citizenship is in God's heavenly kingdom. If you have any questions about what that means, I'm more than happy to answer any questions you have from Scripture and serve you in any way that I can. But this is a time of comfort. This is a time of remembrance. This is a time of celebration. I hope that we can honor this incredible woman who touched us for so many years. And um, in doing so, I hope we can also honor the God of our salvation. So um, let me now transition into a time of reading the eulogy. This is a eulogy that was penned by... Um, my mom and Aunt Robin, uh, Janie, uh, Popeye, my grandfather, he was there as well. I helped a little bit with the editing. Uh, my wife was around too. There's several of us around a table yesterday at the Quality Inn here in Perryton. And uh, th this is hopefully a, a love offering, a swan song, if you will, for, for Erlen Green. And, and I, I really hope and pray it brings just the incredible details of her life to light as we spend this time together. So uh, this may be longer than my message. So um, don't blame don't blame me for for uh, trying to steal the spotlight. This this was uh, more than me here uh, putting this together. So here we go. Thank you all for coming today. If you've braved the bitter cold weather to be with us, then my granny has likely touched your life in a way that you will never forget. There are so many memories I have of Granny, and I'm sure all of you have your fair share of stories to tell about this amazing woman. So during our time together this morning, it's only appropriate to take a few moments 
to share a few of the highlights regarding Granny's lasting legacy. As a young adult, rumor has it that Granny was a basketball player. Although I have no recollection of her ever playing, nor does my mom and aunt. She played horse a few times with my brother and I when we were a kid. Popeye claimed she was pretty good. In fact, the only time my mom and Aunt Robin were going to watch her play was back when she lived in Lone Wolf, Oklahoma. A group of women were going to play against the local high school basketball team, so my mom and aunt were looking forward to seeing if Granny was actually good at basketball. Let's see if she puts her, her money where her mouth is, so to speak, right? But to their disappointment, Granny would not let my mom or aunt go watch the practice. Maybe she should have done so, because by the time practice was over, Granny had broken her foot and would never play competitive basketball again. So to this day, although nobody in the immediate family ever got a chance to witness her basketball skills, Granny always claimed that she's the one where my brother and I got our athletic skills from, but of course the jury is still out as to whether or not that is true or false. But in any case, after a busy childhood and adolescence, Granny met Popeye, Bob Green, at Panhandle State University. They would eventually get married on August 14, 1960, in the big city of Perryton, Texas, which is where we are today. Beautiful town. Shortly after their marriage, Granny and Popeye transferred to Northwestern State University in Alba, Oklahoma, where they both majored in education. I find that hard to believe. Popeye, of course, went through the first grade twice. So uh, <laughs> for, for, from there to an education major in college, that's, that's, a, that's a real turnaround, Popeye. We, we love you and are proud of you for that. Uh, Granny had a great impact on you. During their time in Alva, Granny and Popeye lived over the local funeral home where Popeye worked part-time. This is where they developed their passion for serving families in their deepest time of need. Granny and Popeye's servant hearts would be continually demonstrated as they both taught school for many years. Specifically, Granny taught multiple subjects ranging from synchronized swimming to high school business classes. Yet by the time 1969 rolled around, Granny and Popeye would go back to their roots and they would begin working full-time in the funeral business. Over the years, Granny and Popeye would manage several funeral homes throughout western Oklahoma and western Kansas. I guess that's where they got their toughness from, in that brutal cold winter up there. During that time, Granny continued to teach until they purchased the funeral home in Syracuse, Kansas in 1979. That was the funeral home that I uh, was aware of as a young child, and Bailey as well. Upon doing so, Granny quit teaching in order to work full-time in the funeral business and part-time at John Deere. While residing in Syracuse, Granny and Popeye would meet some of their best friends to date. There was seemingly no end to the amount of stories that Granny would share about the Greens' time in Syracuse. And again, those details would always uh, change and be embellished and, and, um, and modified over the years. Let me just name a few of the ones that came to mind as, as we were reflecting on the stories we heard from Granny over the years. Floating the Arkansas, or I think it's Ar is it Arkansas or Arkansas? It's Arkansas. See, uh, this is the guy from Texas that just moved to Kansas. I need to figure that out. The Arkansas River in a horse tank. How do you float in a river in a horse tank? Anyways, we can try that sometime if, if, we're, uh, if we're feeling bold. Um, hosting bridge parties at the house. Granny loved bridge. Even, even to the day she died, she loved bridge. Spending winters riding snowmobiles in Colorado, playing countless rounds of golf. Here's one that I didn't even know of till yesterday. Wish I could have heard this story from the source. And uh, Granny, she hit two holes in one during her golfing career. Two holes in one. To this day... 
my mom and aunt find that really hard to believe because according to them they were the best golfers in the family so um, maybe the maybe the jury's still out on that as well uh you can hear maybe the story aunt robin was able to give me some of the details about one of the hole in one sounded like me on the golf course nice ground ball right to the hole but my ground balls tend to go either to the right or the left when i play so um that's neither here nor there fast forward to 1993 it was during that year in which Granny and Popeye sold their funeral home and retired to Bella Vista, Arkansas. Their longtime friends, Clark and Wanda Edwards, had raved about how wonderful retired life was within 10 minutes of multiple golf courses and lakes. goes without saying that Granny loved living the retirement life. She loved having her days filled with, with more golf and more bridge, knitting or visiting with their wonderful neighbors, many of whom they became dear friends with. However, it wasn't long after moving and entering into their, their respite of retirement that Popeye decided they needed to go back to work. Surprise, surprise, right? Guy can't sit still for more than 20 minutes at a time. So as a retired woman, newly retired, Granny was not initially too excited about the prospect of returning to work. But one day, an ad in the newspaper was placed in front of her about a teaching position at an alternative school in the Rogers School District. By the way, my brother and I would visit this school district, and because it was an alternative school, we were always scared to go because we were told those are the bad kids. You know, these, these are the bad kids. You don't want to be a part of that, right? So we'd kind of go in there just fear and trembling, so nervous to, um, to be a part of her classroom experience. But we got over it in time. Granny, she was Granny the school teacher. She would protect us, so we knew we were in good hands. But um, Granny would remain there at Rogers School District Alternative School for another seven years. In hindsight... And here might be the coolest detail of all, maybe the most bizarre detail of all, if you know this about Granny. Um, she taught a computer class and a technology class. How in the world did she get in that role? Um, she's a very fast typist. i got to give her credit where credit's due. The woman could type at lightning speed. She was by far not a technologically sound woman. But I guess when compared to the likes of Popeye and, and even me at times, she was a superstar when it came to computers and technology. But as you can imagine, Granny and Popeye's time of retirement in Bella Vista was just as busy as ever. One of their most rewarding experiences came from Popeye's work at the local recycling company. To compensate for Popeye's involvement at the recycling company, the, the, the company was able to donate money to the Riders Relief Fund, which supports injured professional bull riders. As a reward for his labors, Granny and Popeye were able to attend the PBR finals in Las Vegas, Nevada for about seven years. We are a little bit foggy on how many years they went, but we think it was seven. Some of you in this room went with Granny and Popeye on those trips. They were very generous. As you all know, Granny and Popeye just exudes generosity. And um, they would often invite family members and friends. Bailey and I even got invited. We could never go. Um, a lot of debate as to why we could never go, but in any case, we never went. And... Um, a couple even got married at one of their trips to Las Vegas, Nevada. So uh, PBR Finals was doing all kinds of great stuff in the life of Granny and Popeye during that seven-year span. But, of course, knowing, knowing Granny and Popeye, specifically Granny, though, um, outgoing and never met a stranger, it wasn't long before they got acquainted with many of the cowboys that were involved with the PBR, and they would, they would interact with their family members and their friends and and the clowns and all the people who were involved with the PBR, and they began to keep, uh, keep in contact with them while they were, were going to those PBR events in Las Vegas. And then sometimes when they would take Bailey and I to, um, to, to local events, whether it be in Texas or Oklahoma, I guess local to us in Texas, it was cool to see how 
so-and-so, I don't even remember their names, but the big shot cowboy who was riding the bull, they knew my grandmother, my grandfather. It was such a, it was the coolest thing as a middle schooler and even as a high schooler going to those. And some of our favorite memories uh, for my brother and I, going to PBR in Oklahoma with Terry and Aggie Boy, um, getting lost on the Riverwalk at midnight in San Antonio at one of the events. Uh, Bailey and I were probably, I think I was maybe in eighth grade, so he would have been in fifth or sixth grade at the time. And we were so terrified. We thought like, we were going to get shot by some gangsters or something out there. We didn't know where we were at. We, had, we didn't have GPSs back then on our phones, so we, we didn't know where the car was. Popeye blames it on me. We blame it on him. It's a little bit of back and forth for years. So, uh, yeah, great, great memories there. Um, PBR is a big part of their life in retirement. Another big part of their life was their work with Landmark. And one of these flower sets actually came from Landmark. Just goes to show you how much they, they loved and appreciated and cared for Granny and Popeye's work there. For those of you who don't know about Landmark, Landmark is a company that they, they provide security services for events. And in their case, they provided security services for athletic events hosted at the University of Arkansas. The Razorbacks. Granny loved the Razorbacks. This was a job that allowed Granny and Popeye as has been the habit throughout their entire life, to serve others and to build special relationships with a wide variety of people. At home football games, Granny worked the elevator that the coaches used, and before long, surprise, surprise, Granny had developed a friendship with several of the coaches on staff. One of my favorite memories from her time working in this role is that one time before a big game, I wish I knew who they were playing. It was a really big game, and Granny told the coaches that she was wearing her lucky Arkansas Razorback socks as they were we're getting ready to head out to the field. The Razorbacks won that game. So the first thing the coaches do is after the game, they come up to the elevator. They tell Granny, you've got to wear those socks every single week that we play. And she did. She would wear her socks. We would be, she'd be visiting us in DFW, and she'd have those Arkansas Razorback socks on her feet, sometimes barefoot. And we, we, we we're, un, we're undecided on this. There's been a lot of debate inside the family as we were putting this eulogy together, but we don't know if she ever washed those socks if they won. So if they were on a win streak, that could have been bad. You know, it uh, could have smelled really, really bad. Uh, but in any case, um, football was not the only event that Granny and Popeye were able to be involved with during their time working for Landmark. They were also involved with the University of Arkansas's basketball and baseball seasons. During basketball season, Granny would provide security for the visitor's locker room. And during baseball season, she got to work the suites. So while her time spent at baseball at games enabled her to forge great relationships with the suite owners, it wasn't a cupcake job by any means. Um, every now and then, Granny would have to prevent people from sneaking into the suites. And, of course, inevitably in doing so, her schoolteacher voice would come out again. Uh, Popeye tells us a story of one time someone tried sneaking into the suites and she tells them, maybe they were at a distance, maybe they were actually quite close, but in a loud school teacher voice, that, and if you've ever heard it, especially Robin and Tana and my mom growing up in their household, probably knew good and well, you knew when the school teacher voice was out. And that guy or girl or whoever it was that she was telling to, to you know, you can't go into the suite, you got to leave. They said, you're talking to me like I'm, a school, like I'm in school. You're, you're talking to me like a school teacher. And she said, well, I, am a, I was a school teacher. <laughs> I am a former school teacher. Needless to say, there might not have been another employee with Landmark who took their $10 an hour job as seriously as she did. Um, she, she always sought to do things with excellence. That's just who she was. It didn't matter if it was knitting 
Didn't matter if it was cooking. Didn't matter if it was giving gifts. Even playing dominoes, for crying out loud. Granny always wanted to do things with excellence, and she did so here even in her time with lamb work. Well, in the final year of her life, Granny and Popeye made the difficult choice to move to Texas in order to be closer to family. In June, they purchased a lake house at Lake Kickapoo, Holiday with two L's, Holiday, Texas, and they quickly became friends with several neighbors. By August, Granny would become a great-grandmother to baby Izzy, and it didn't take long for her to become the new favorite in the Doble household. Every time Izzy would fall asleep, Granny would always smile and proclaim, she's just dreaming about her granny. And if you've seen baby Izzy during our time together today, you'll see she's got blue eyes. And according to Granny, she didn't get those blue eyes from my wife who has blue eyes. Those blue eyes came from her. They were Granny's blue eyes. And it goes without saying that if you wanted to hold Izzy during a family gathering, you'd better hope Granny was either asleep or that she was in the other room, because that baby was going in her arms, no matter where we were at or what we were doing, even if she needed to breastfeed. Uh, you're going to have to, Izzy, you're going to have to hold off on your food, because I'm holding you right now, and I'm not letting you go. Um, such a special time to allow our, our daughter, our first daughter, my wife Belle and me, um, to allow her to get to know um, Granny, and it was just a small taste of what my brother and I got to experience for so many years with her. Well, just over a month ago, we celebrated Thanksgiving with Granny and Popeye at my parents' house, and little did we know that it would be the final holiday that we would spend with Granny. Moving forward, family gatherings will never be the same without her. Between her delicious noodles and pound cake, her intensity while watching sporting events on TV, and her laughter while playing dominoes, Granny will be deeply missed. I know that all of you feel the exact same void as I do when reflecting on what our future will be like without her. But in the meantime, my family hopes you know how thankful we are for you being a part of her life and coming to this celebration of her life. And I pray it was an honor to her during our time together today. Thank you so much for how you loved my grandmother for so many years. And we hope you always know how much she loved you. So Granny, I love you with all of my heart. You always be dearly missed. Thank you very much.
guys know I'm not the expert of how funeral services are conducted. That was my grandparents and Aunt Robin and even my mom. So um, I want to leave us with a word of prayer before we just open the casket and, and begin uh, the process of, of transitioning out to the graveside, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, thank you guys so much for being here today. If there's anything that I can do to serve you or be of any comfort to you, please do not hesitate to come to me. I'm more than happy to do whatever I can to, to, to be there for you and to talk to you. Um, but thank you so much for being here. God bless you and your family. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Uh, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll transition, transition out. Lord God, we recognize that you alone are sovereign over life and death. God, the testimony of your word reveals that you hold the keys of death and Hades, and in doing so, you demonstrate your authority over the age that we're in right now, this temporal realm, this temporal life, and you also demonstrate that you have authority over the age to come, the eternal realm. And Father, it's my prayer that these truths would grip every person here today, that we would all be humbled by the fleeting nature of our time on this earth. As we just heard from the song, don't blink, it goes by fast. Father, when we consider that our time here is like a vapor, we would be motivated now more than ever before, in light of our time together today, would we be motivated more than ever before to not waste our lives? Indeed, Father, would we be diligent to ensure that we have entrusted our soul to Jesus Christ by faith alone and that by your Holy Spirit we would be empowered to bring you glory throughout all of our days? And Lord, if there is anybody at this funeral who does not currently know you or has any questions about spiritual matters or just needs comfort, Father, I pray that this would be the day in which they get those, those questions resolved, where they draw near to you by faith, where even if it pertains to their situation, that they might be reconciled to you, God. Father, may this time of honoring the life of Erling Green, would it lead all of us to lifestyles that seek to honor you above all else? Would we Continue this time of celebrating her life and your grace to her. As we recall fond memories, as we fellowship together. And God, would we be there for one another as family members and friends as you give us opportunities to do so in the days ahead as we mourn and grieve the loss of this incredible woman, grandmother, mother, friend, cousin, relative. God, we're so thank you for the impact that you allowed my granny, Erling Green, to make on all of us. We now ask, Father, for your blessing on the rest of our time together today, and please keep us safe as we travel back home for Christmas. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.